Welcome Main Street Youth. Welcome Broadway Youth. How's it going, everybody? Here we are on the New Normal Podcast. Here we are. Man, it feels good to be back. Oh, I am so, so excited for this episode. I mean, I'm excited for every episode, but... A little extra excited this time around. A little extra excited. It's close to our hearts. Brock and I are going to be talking about something that has made a huge difference in each of our lives and also going to bring on a guest who's had some cool experience with it as well. So we're going to hear from Katie, and we're going to talk about volunteering. And how important that is. Volunteering is huge. Yeah, but before we go anywhere, I just want to, you know, I've been following all of our students, and I just have been noticing that you guys are getting even better at skateboarding, getting better at fishing, um, and I just want to say that I miss you guys and I wish I could be skating with you. I wish that I could be wrestling down sturgeons with you in the Fraser river, but that's just not right now. And I wish I could be watching Brock wrestling a sturgeon <laughs> in the Fraser river. And you're probably, are you talking about Jacob? I am. He's one of oh, the students that's comes to mind. He is so cool. I loved hearing his fishing stories all the time. I still follow him on Instagram, and I see these yeah. absolute dinosaur fish that he takes down. Dude, they're like nine feet long. It's incredible. And he does it himself. That's taller than my roommate, Ben. Yeah. That's crazy. And his name is Big Ben. And his name is Big Ben, and these <laughs> fish are bigger than him. Uh, no, I, I relate to that, man. I miss our students. It's fun getting to see the stuff they've been up to and checking in with them here and there and hearing how everyone's going, reading the Bible together. Um but there's just something different about being together in person. Uh, we know what will happen soon. Can I have a confession? Yeah. I uh, I was able to get into our offices this week at the church. Nice. And I walked into our chapel where we have youth. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of sat in there and saw all, because we haven't moved the chairs since the last time we were in there. Wow. And there was just this like sadness that swept my heart, but also an excitement of one day when we get back together. But man, it's a, we miss you. Yeah, we miss you guys. And we're, we're looking forward to it, and we know good things are happening in the meantime. Brock, you got to witness something really beautiful recently. I want to hear about that. This is one of the, I would say, the biggest highlight of social distancing so far. I was able to attend one of our former leaders, Matt Ollick's, uh wedding. And because of the social distancing, we weren't able to all gather in a church sitting very close in pews and things like that. So what we did, we all got into this large parking lot, all parking distance away from each other. And the bride and groom walked down the aisle as we honked and yelled and took pictures from a distance. And it was, I got choked up. Uh, I know that the bride and groom were choked up and just, it was such an emotional, joyful moment that I'm like, people rock things. Good things are still happening. Isn't that beautiful to see that in the midst of a challenging time, people will still make things beautiful? I saw a few photos that you sent, and it looked like an uh, occasion just full of joy. It was it was so good. I actually, I was so excited because I was like, I never can wear shorts to a wedding. Like, you kind of have to wear pants. So, but I wore jean shorts, and then we we actually opened the back of our Honda Fit so we could sit in the back, and then everyone saw that I was wearing shorts, so that kind of backfired. And not just any shorts, but you were wearing jorts. Yeah, jorts. 
It happened. <laughs> People who love jorts are choked at me right now I for know. saying that. Pretty bold claim against the jorts. Are you are you team jorts? <laughs> I don't know if I'm team jorts. Yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm, I, I'm team Brock though, so I'll make an exception for you. But. Dude, I am team jorts. I love jean shorts. Really? Uh, they bless me. All right. I love jeans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brock, you've got this beautiful story of something great you got to witness this weekend. Um, I, on the other hand, was kind of on the other end of the spectrum and have a pretty devastating story from my weekend. So it started out great, you know, in order to keep moving around a bit, we were able to find a way to get a basketball hoop for my roommates and I to keep shooting. So one of my roommates named RJ, he had a hoop at his parents' house from his childhood. He grew up shooting on this thing. It was still in the backyard, a little old, a little worn out, but uh, it still works. So we load that thing up into the, into the SUV, drive that thing home, go set it up at the end of our street, and we're going to turn the end of the street into a perfect basketball court. Now, there's tons of, of rocks and, like, mud and stuff because it doesn't really get driven on much. No one lives up there yet um, on that end of the street. So I went and bought a big heavy-duty shop broom uh, when I was on a grocery run, and I swept an entire cul-de-sac. There was not a pebble on this cul-de-sac. All right, I wanted the only thing that would break my ankle to be RJ. No gravel was going to do that for me. So we sweep this whole thing. Takes a ton of time, and uh, I'm so proud of myself. And then eventually we decide we need a three-point line and a free-throw line. Um, so I'm going to get some chalk for that. And we spend an embarrassing amount of time measuring out the actual NBA specs of a court. Uh, 23 feet, 9 inches at the, the farthest distance for a three-point line, Is if you're one? wondering. Yeah, no, 22 feet from the hoop on either side. Wow. We had the baseline drawn in. We had the short corners marked out perfectly, 10 feet for each one, just in case you were wondering. I am. And we were so focused on doing this that we had skipped dinner, and now it's like 10.30 p.m. Go inside to make some dinner. Come back, and it's pouring rain. Now, I haven't been seven in a while, so I don't know how chalk holds up in the rain. <laughs> so I go out the next morning to check on it. It's bad news, Brock. Ugh. There was not a trace. There was no evidence that we had done anything. The rain also washed a bunch of the rocks and pebbles back into our cul-de-sac. Man, I you all the listeners don't see, but I'm looking directly in his eyes, and there's so much pain as he's telling this story. Brock is looking into the eyes of a very broken man right now. <laughs> but I actually can see the basketball court from this window. And there is a very like defined line where he swept the entire cul-de-sac of rocks. And if nothing works out for you, maybe a street cleaning business I could, is in order. I could have a street cleaning business. So that's what I call an alley oops. Good. That was a good one. That's that's not bad, Did right? Did you plan that one? Um Let's, go, let's say no. Okay, I like that. Let's say no. No one will even know. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and so this episode, why Zach and I are just so excited, transition from the basketball story into this, is volunteering has shaped our lives and given us opportunities that we never thought possible. And it's interesting, just even as we're going into this topic, how so much of life is about, you know, grinding for your own dreams and how volunteering is kind of the backwards way of getting all of what you didn't even know you wanted and more. 
and the opportunities that open for you is, uh, it's just amazing. So Katie from Broadway Youth is going to be joining us. So we are just going to load her up on Zoom, Bluetooth her into the podcast board, and away we go. I like it. All right, welcome to the new normal podcast, Katie. Katie, how's it going? Pretty good. How about you guys? Oh, we're doing we're fantastic. Doing yeah, it's a beautiful Sunday afternoon. It is a beautiful Sunday afternoon. So you've met yeah. Brock before, I guess not in real life, Never, but just through just the, virtual. Yeah, through the yeah. fasting group chats. So you know him a bit. Yeah, yeah just online. Just, just online. online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I guess I would have met you just over a year ago, but it feels like a lot yeah. more than that. That's when you started coming to Broadway Youth. Would have been spring break last year. So almost one year exactly. Yeah, I guess so. Wow. Right on. So during this podcast, we're talking about volunteering. And volunteering is something that each of the three of us have experienced in some way uh, during our lives and found to be super valuable and fun and enjoyable. So we're going to be talking uh, about some of our experiences with that. Uh, But before that, to help some of the viewers who don't have the privilege of knowing you well yet, the chance to get to know you a bit, tell us what do you like to do in your spare time, Katie? Um... Well, lately it's been a bit different since I'm home all the time, I guess. But um, uh, playing like instruments for sure, I like to do. Um, I like to run, and I love creating. Um, like just like lately, I've been um, experimenting with different like mediums, like photography and video, and like um, just like painting and coloring um, and stuff like that, and just like trying all different sorts of creative stuff. So that I don't know, so kind of cool. vague, but <laughs> I, uh, I need to comment on, you love to run last yeah. podcast. I told everyone that I was running 5k a day and I did it for two days and I sprained both of my knees. No way. I haven't even heard of this yet. So I literally can barely walk. So <laughs> I'm just, no I'm encouraged that you do it for fun. I do it for pain. So you're also a grade 11 student and right now an online student. What is that like? like it's okay I like being able to pace myself um but like I miss the community of a classroom and like just like I totally took for granted a teacher being able to teach me something like that sounds so basic but I never realized how difficult it was to learn like over YouTube or like video chats but um yeah it's been kind of difficult to teach myself but yeah, that is such an interesting situation. Um, so tell us a bit about how you met Jesus and what difference he's made in your life. I feel like it definitely started with going to youth, um, a youth group called Eden, Eden Mennonite. And um, I started in like grade seven. So about like four years ago now, the community was amazing. And um, yeah, I just like after that started building my relationship with this God and became a Christian and the difference that he's made in my life is like so I was praying about that lately I got two words from God and I got um relentless pursuit um and what I took from that was like um just that like God is constantly in like relentless pursuit of me and like just the story of like he'll leave the 99 for for the one like for me and like um And I guess, like, the difference that he's made in my life is, like, um, that he's always, like, chasing after me. And I feel like that sounds kind of weird or, like, maybe that doesn't sound nice to some people. But for me, that sounds like the most comforting thing ever. Like, just, like, that someone is, like, constantly, like, 
like chasing after me. Mm. So I feel like all comes down to like peace and comfort probably. That's, very that's probably cool. a long answer for your question, but <laughs> no, that's very cool. And it is a hard question to answer because it's tough sometimes to tell how you're growing because growth happens slowly and you're in your own head every minute of every day and you don't get to yeah. see the growth the same way someone on the outside does as someone who's known you for about a year like I can see so many different ways um, that you've grown and you have this sense of sense of peace and a sense of wisdom and, and a serious like kindness that just spills out of you to people around you and to see that grow in such a pronounced way that you take with you everywhere it's really obvious to people who get to see you from the outside but on the inside it's so much harder to notice that as it grows and one thing that was really fun to watch last year that was a little bit outside the box was you joining the Mexico missions trip in a kind of unlikely situation. So tell us a little bit about that story. I love this story. Like God was so evident in me coming to Mexico. Like, oh my goodness. Um, but I guess it all started. Um, like if I want to go back a long time, like I just like have had wanted to go on a missions trip, like had that urge, like, like for a long time. Um, and then I remember hearing about Broadway's mission trip, um, and I had like just started going to the youth. So it was like, and they had, they had, they were like months into the planning of the trip. And I was like, okay, I have to like put that thought out of my head. Cause I want to go so bad, but like, that is not happening. Um, and so it actually, like, it came to me pretty early on the idea that I wanted to go on that trip, but I just tried to like suppress it, I guess. But um, later on, I was um, I was offering up to just be someone who could play piano for any like worship needs that Broadway had. I think I was talking to you, Zach, about it um, on like a, on a retreat. I think it was. Um, but anyways, I just like 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 you know I was available, and like shortly after, you said I could help out at the fiesta, the fundraiser for Mexico. Um, and so I played keys for that and then ended up just staying to help the whole time. Um, and, and help and with what? Was, and help with what? Because it wasn't fun stuff you were helping with. I think that's worth pointing out. What did you help with? Um, like dishes and just cleaning up. For how many hours? <laughs> I don't know. It was until like midnight. It was it was a long time. But I actually loved it so much. Like the team was so fun. And I was almost like just getting like, sad that I wasn't able to like help on the missions trip team because I was like oh these are such great people like I just want to like I want to spend a week in Mexico like oh my gosh but um then um yeah the the idea kind of came to me I was like well like I'm here now like should I should I just say like if I'm able to like I don't know should I just should I just bring it up should I just throw that crazy idea out there like why not like so anyways, um, I think it was the drive home and I just was like, just said like, yeah, like I'd be interested in coming if that was even like a crazy possibility. And yeah, one thing led to another and like, um, then it was me talking to my parents about the possibility and like just praying so much about it. I remember writing like so many pros and cons lists of like if this was going to work and it was like such a short time span too of just like, um just throwing the idea out there and then like needing to have forms filled out 
And so I was like, oh my goodness, like God did not intend for this type of stress. Like what is going on? <laughs> and so I was just like praying about it. And um, yeah, um, just like, it was crazy how many like complications I was like sure it wasn't going to work out. And then everything just fell into place. And the next thing I knew I had forms in and was raising money and was like a part of the team. And it felt so natural as well. Like it didn't feel like pressured. Like I felt like I was a part of the team from day one. Like everyone just like accepted me super well. And just like, um, yeah, I don't know. It felt like family right off the get go. Like, definitely meant to be there just work out easily so you end up joining the trip you end up volunteering and I love you know how you you say these things like oh man I got to help out play piano I'm like well from our end our piano player couldn't make it and it was going to be like this awkwardly quiet worship set (laughs) so like you got to help out was actually bailing us out from a super awkward situation (laughs) Um, and then you talk about you know getting to go to Mexico as if it was you know, a vacation or something. But even when you get to Mexico, after you wash dishes until midnight for six hours with people you just met, um, which sounds so much fun, you get the privilege of doing manual labor out in the sun <laughs> is what you get after all that hard work. Um, and, and what you really did in Mexico was serve and put other people first at the expense of your own comfort Tell us a little bit about what that was like. Like, Why is that something you look back on fondly rather than um, with resentment when you worked that hard to go work harder? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Seeing the kids so happy and like the ways that um, I saw God working um, and just the things that he taught me um, and like having a servant heart, like just brings so much joy. So there are a lot of things I love about that story. Um, one that stands out to me is something that I can take away from it and something I've learned from your story and also from a few I've witnessed in my own life as well, is that it's really important to just put yourself out there. Uh, there's a saying that says, it's better to be ready for an opportunity and not have one than to not be ready and have an opportunity. You know, you didn't know for sure that everything was going to work out, but you decided to ask anyways. And going back further from that, you know, you decided to just come play piano at something. And you had no idea, you know, if I come play piano, I'm going to get to go have this life-changing experience and, and get close with a whole group of people and build a house for somebody in Mexico. You were just going to play piano. And I've seen that time and time again in my life that sometimes just showing up and doing something leads to something else. Sometimes it gets easy to get trapped, you know, wishing for these big opportunities, hoping things will just roll out perfectly. And like when we see that kind of perfect opportunity, we'll go for it. But I've found in my life and seen in Katie's story that sometimes opportunities are discovered just by doing something just by putting yourself out there and doing something that's in front of you and the next thing comes. And when I just kind of sit and wait for the perfect opportunity, I, I usually keep waiting. Mm. But if I just go do something, I discover something beautiful along the way. Right. I love what you said uh, before we even started recording. You just, when we were talking about this topic of volunteering and you were just emphasizing the point of just show up and that's what opens doors. And I know even in my life, I remember I was helping out with a junior high event at our church. I wasn't even a Christian at the time. And I was just, you know, playing dodgeball, doing all these different things that I found were fun for myself. Um, And there was this one leader came up to me and he's like, hey, God's ready for you, but you're not ready for God. 
And that was a turning point in my life where I immediately stopped doing all these things that were separating me from God. And I was like, hey, I want to live a sacrificial life and serve other people. And the amount of doors that were open from that one moment of saying, I'm just going to show up. I'm just going to be involved. That I ended up seeing what I found myself most passionate in by volunteering. Instead of trying to find this perfect job that fulfills me, I found that becoming lesser and serving people uh, actually gave me more life. Oh, that is so cool. And I know you've been, you know, involved in a bunch of different opportunities to serve and volunteer since. Tell us a little bit about, you know, an experience or a few experiences that have been really valuable to you in volunteering. Uh, I found that when I was uh, volunteering, I, I specifically loved missions. And, and that's what resonated so much, Katie, with your story is seeing people in such dire situations and really evaluating. Like, I always step back and think like, because we have the internet, we see people who are the most successful, the richest that have ever been in the history of history. And we find people are miserable and depressed with everything. And they've, you know, the American dream tells us like, just pursue this, pursue yourself, better yourself, and then you'll have everything. And we see that they're miserable at the top. And so I've, I love the idea of when you give of yourself to people, especially in places like Mexico, India, Thailand, all these places that people don't have anything and how happy they are and how giving they are. And I've just so many opportunities where it's just even going to, there was one time in China when we went to a leprosy colony and people were missing limbs because this it, leprosy is a skin disease that um, you start to lose body parts. It's, it's pretty terrifying actually. And we would just hand out these crackers that would melt in your mouth because a lot of them don't have teeth or anything like that. And I just remember like, whoa, the Lord sees every one of these people in this leprosy colony that's cut off from the rest of the world. And now I have the ability to be the hands and feet of Jesus and just give them these crackers. And that to me was the most life-giving. And I was like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. And I, and I knew in that moment that this is something that I, I need to continue. I can't stop doing this. I can't begin to adapt the lie that uh, culture is feeding us, that, you know, just do your own thing, work yourself to make yourself better. But I, I knew in my heart that I needed to serve people. And that's what I decided to do with my entire life. That's so cool. And, and serving people can look so many different ways. You know, you had that example of, you know, providing uh, food and community for people who others ignore. That can be a great way to serve people. Katie had the example of um, building a house and taking care of people's kids and um, sharing the, the truth of Jesus. Um, and sometimes serving can look like washing your siblings' dishes or roommates' dishes or wife's dishes, um, you know, when, when they didn't and just serving people in small ways because the spirit of it and the power of it is the same, whether it's big or small. I love that thought because um, it brings me back to rel relentless pursuit, just the way that God is giving us opportunities no matter where we are, and we just have to grab it. And no matter how small or big, like it's servanthood. Like I love it. Like there's something that we can do and something that God is giving us all the time. Um, but on that note, Zach, what's your what are some experiences you have with volunteering and serving? 
Oh man, serving and volunteering has become honestly one of my favorite things about being alive. <laughs> um, I have received so much more in my life by giving than I ever have by taking. One of the things I really love is seeing how many people um, local and around the world have created cool opportunities to volunteer that actually make it pretty easy for us to step into some cool things without having to plan it and have all the expertise. When I was way younger, I got to help out with this project called Help Portrait, which got um, photos done for people who couldn't afford to get nice photos done of themselves or their families so they could you know, use them as like a headshot on a resume or just something to, to send out at Christmas or have on their... Um, or to have in their house, you know, you just have like your family portraits or whatever, just to give people that sense of uh, pride around who they were. So we'd have um, people come and, and do some hairstyling and some makeup for them. And we had like professional lighting and photography rigs. And this was way before I was into photography at all. I just helped at the desk and like registered people and checked them in and stuff. And that actually helped me discover a love of photography as I saw the joy people had in seeing what they looked like. And it kind of sparked something that's become huge in my life. One of the really cool things that's been a side effect of serving in my life has been um, meeting people that become really meaningful to me <laughs> that I um, learn from. You know, even uh, like Brock and Kirst are good friends of mine. And, and I met you guys because we were both serving mm. in the same purpose. We both are dedicating our lives to the youth in Chilliwack and along the way um, grew a relationship and a love for each other that came from um, working on the same project. There was one project I volunteered for in Hawaii. It was a documentary, and I just volunteered um, to kind of help out with whatever they needed. So I was, like, holding reflectors and lighting, and eventually by the end of the project, they had me doing some camera work. And the project we were working on was a documentary on a man who was a painter uh, but couldn't move his arms or legs. And he had this specially rigged um, electric wheelchair that he could drive around with his face and he had an easel set up um, and a palette um, so he could paint using his nose. And this guy did these super cool paintings using his face. And his uh, wheelchair was set up with this cool structure they had built for him so that uh, he could actually sell his art. There was like a little gallery hanging in the back and he could drive it around in the front and had everything he needed to paint. And he'd cruise around in Hawaii and paint these different scenes of the beaches, and he'd pull up and um, paint what he saw, and it was so cool. That is the coolest thing. So cool. The guy was so, so, so cool, and um, he was actually originally from Canada, so him and I ended up getting a little bit of a bond over that, and he had this awesome sense of humor, and they, uh, him and his wife ended up inviting us back to their house for some dinner after, and then um, over time, we actually grew this this friendship. And while I was living in Hawaii, uh, him and his wife, Sandy and their friend, Bill ended up becoming some of my best friends. I think most of you guys who are listening are probably living at home and you get homemade meals all the time. And it seems like, you know, just kind of normal. But if you ever get to the land of being a broke student, you will understand that like Taco Bell chalupas only go so far and you start to crave a home cooked meal after a while. And Sandy and Gilles had my back. <laughs> and I just remember these moments sitting on um, sitting on their porch with the palm trees blowing, you know, like hear the ocean, eating this homemade meal, hearing stories from their lives and their friends' lives. And I just felt so content and I felt this genuine friendship and just this like fullness of life. And I was so excited. I look back on it so fondly and be like, I think, you know, their deck is kind of, a bit of what heaven's going to be like. Mm. Um, 
And I experienced that because I volunteered to hold a light during a documentary. (laughs) (laughs) And, and I think that theme has been really, really prevalent in my life of like, just show up to help with something and you have no idea what'll happen. And time and time again, when I've just kind of showed up to do something small, not that helpful, but just kind of do something, just kind of be around, just kind of be involved. Um, I've seen some really cool, beautiful things and God has multiplied the the small offerings uh, I've brought to end up being something far more beautiful than I would have imagined. Yeah, I love that um, story uh, of John Ortberg about how he was making dollar bill. I think it's him or his dad. He was making like really good money and he felt the Lord call him to ministry. And so he said yes. And he started working at this church making peanuts out of, and then he had to move into a very small home and had to give up a lot of the comforts that he once had. And he just said, once I started serving, I finally found this overwhelming sense of purpose. And not that we all have to like become pastors or ministers, but I think there's a place for all of us to serve in the church. And I think that's where a lot of us will find purpose again. Some of us, um, maybe when we're scrolling through Instagram, comparing ourselves, uh, when you, when you busy yourself with serving, you find less and less time to busy yourself with comparing and finding yourself empty because you're so full of seeing that the world is so much bigger and so much better than the false realities of some of this artificial world around us. Like the youth are so passionate about anything that they're, like, they see online, they just get behind. And I think if we all um, you know, started seeing opportunities in our churches and places that we could be the hands and feet of Jesus, this generation would change the course of history. Yeah, and I think, I think we're seeing it. I think we're seeing it. You mentioned in John Ortberg's story, giving up some comforts. And I actually had an experience last summer that Katie and Vanessa and Dana invited me to that involved giving up some comforts at a camp called Trek. Uh, Katie, you've been involved at Trek for a few years. Tell us, what is it? Oh, I love Trek. Um, it's it's just a summer camp, but there's um, no like buildings it's all like it's a different site every year and they just set up tents for everything we just do three weeks of camp and um there's kids as young as grade four i'm pretty sure is the youngest um and then they get older and older up until the oldest campers like grade eight um and we just do activities with them and campfires and um devotions by the river and like everything is just um, based in nature and it's amazing I love the way that camp is structured at Trek and then the craziest thing though is every night um, we have this thing called night watch and um, the whole camp experience is centered around this theme every year and um, we follow a storyline throughout the week and at night watch the kids are like one tent is taken out to protect the camp at night. And we basically just scare them, but um, we just follow a storyline with them. And then in the morning they can report to everyone what happened that night. And there's just so much whimsy and adventure. And the kids are always so, so psyched to share what they, what they experienced the night before and then hear what the other kids saw. It's crazy how it just like brings everyone together. Like, 
every morning when we talk about what happened. The trek was an absolutely incredible experience. I came up for one week as a counselor just to kind of see this camp that you guys were so excited about, and I absolutely fell in love with it. It was so much fun. It felt like I was in a weird dream the whole time because these like night watches are actually so realistic and crazy, and these kids were solving mysteries about mad scientists in the woods. It was absolutely crazy. That sounds like a dream summer camp. I want to go. You should come. If if I, I do, I can get a fake ID. Do I have to be? No, be a be a volunteer. Oh, that actually, I'm 100. percent Like honestly, that's how I ended up coming. Was super. Yeah, I'm just gonna show up. I like super casual. I remember I was driving um, a group of like eight students to go play laser tag, and Katie and Vanessa were telling me about this camp, and they're like, "You should come." And I was just like driving and super casually like yeah absolutely and then that's <laughs> that's how i ended up going so if you end up coming based on this casual commitment it'll just be the <laughs> legacy continuing so a couple times when you've been talking about you know what you've been learning or what you experienced in these situations you brought up this term of childlike faith um, and that's something that over the past year i've heard you talk a bunch about what does that mean explain that to us what is childlike faith to me childlike faith is um like related to like having a sense of wonder for everything, just the way that God made things and does things, just admiring it the way that a kid would look at things, like just not overthinking things and um, enjoying it. Yeah. I love that. What you've said about wonder, even just how you are explaining, just watching children, you know, play and run around and, and they're not, you know, when they're running towards their, their parents, they're not like questioning, is this the best thing to do? They just know that their parent is good and they just run wholeheartedly towards that. Yeah. And it's this idea of like trust too. Like, um, when I was praying and thinking about this recently, actually, um, something came to my mind and it was like, I was thinking about these times when I don't like feel faithful, like, like what is faith? when I don't feel it, I don't know. And um, then I was thinking like, I don't always feel faithful, but I always feel that God is faithful. Come on. Like, like God is always faithful to me. And I trust and know that like a child trusts and knows his parents or his or her parents are going to be faithful to them. And I feel like that kind of describes how I would. That uh, is so, I, I know a friend, sorry to interrupt. I just, with that faithful that just stuck out to me. I had a friend who got, he, he's such a young dude. He got this tattoo, faithful servant written across his chest. Cause he thought he was like super cool, but he didn't like think to spell check and he actually spelt faithful wrong. And, and he like was so like traumatized that he, now he has this like spelt wrong on his chest. And he heard the Lord speak to him that you're not perfect. You're not the most faithful, but I am. And I've always thought that was like the coolest thing, which goes so cool with your story of how, how like we don't always feel faithful, but the scriptures even says, even when we're like not faithful, he is, and he remains faithful. And when I think of this picture of kids playing and running around, a word that comes to mind to me is free. And in Galatians 5, it talks about freedom. It says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. And we get this idea that to be free 
is to serve one another. And that's one of those things that our culture gets backwards that, you know, to be the most free would mean that you never have to do anything for anybody, that it's just all about you. And Galatians 5 remind us, reminds us is that to be free is to put one another first. So to get to that spot where we're running around like children and just having the time of our lives, a step in that direction is a step towards someone else's needs. Mm. And I think that's such a beautiful reminder that we've all experienced to be true. That when we've, you know, got ourselves to the point that we're willing to take a step towards someone else's need, we've found it was a step towards a free, joy-filled, fulfilling life. So it, if someone was listening to this and they thought, you know what, you guys have convinced me. I should volunteer. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go show up at the soup kitchen, or I want to come to Mexico the next time you guys go. Or you know, there, there's a hundred and one different ways you could put another person first. But but let's say they wanted to try it and they wanted to try volunteering for the first time. What should they expect? What's it like to volunteer for the first time, Brock? Uh, to me, I love. The, actually, that word has not left me. Just what you said earlier. Just show up. Because every time an opportunity does show up, I've never felt qualified. I've never felt like the best person for it. I've always thought, hey, have you met my friend Zach? He would do way better. Um, (laughs) uh, Seriously. But it's always just stepping out and saying, okay, let's do this. And then I have, in that moment of just showing up, I've found the most life possible. That's so good. I think he was talking about a different Zach because I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't fit, the, <laughs> I don't fit that reputation. Uh, Katie, how about you? If if someone was going to try volunteering for the first time, what what do you think they could expect from that experience? Um, I feel like for me, like, um, leading up to something volunteering, like, is always like hard, and it's like I always come like this close to just not doing it. Um, because like Brock was saying, like not feeling qualified, um, and all that. And it's hard to convince myself almost, but like, I've honestly not had a bad experience volunteering. (laughs) I don't know if that's just me, but, um, like I just like always find so much joy in it. Um, and have found like, that God has given me so much through volunteering and serving and, yeah, I feel like it's all together been um, very good. That's awesome, Katie. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and being brave and vulnerable to share about your life and your experiences with us. I know just hearing it and, and watching it over the past year has filled me with so much faith and has encouraged me to be more willing to take risks and be more willing to try new things. And And I've seen evidence that, that God really does take joy in us having childlike faith just through watching you live and through hearing you share these stories. So thank you so much for doing that for us. Thank you so much for inviting me on here. I'm so happy to share and share what God's been teaching me. Yeah, Katie, it was so good hearing your perspective of what it means to volunteer, what childlike faith means. And I am just encouraged just having met you via Zoom. So thank you so much for giving us the time. Thank you. Right on. Talk to you soon. See you around. Yeah, that was uh, an awesome time to just meet with one of our students in Chilliwack that has just dedicated their lives to Jesus and serving and the importance of volunteering. And, and like we were talking about just so like 
that's what just gets us fired up is just getting people passionate about Jesus, passionate about the church and how they can plug in and do things like that. And man, I've had a lot of fun today. Yeah, me too. Just talking about something that's brought us so much joy. It kind of brings out a lot of uh, a lot of energy yeah. and a lot of fun. I, I don't think there's really too much we need to add at this part of the podcast. I think yeah. we have talked about lots of cool stuff. Yeah, and to, to wrap up this podcast, both Zach and I just want to let you guys know that we love you. We're praying for you and that we're here for you. And if you guys need anything, please reach out to us. And to wrap this up, Zach, would you mind reading Galatians chapter 5 and just uh, reading the fruits of the Spirit to us? I would absolutely love to. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in again to the New Normal Podcast. We look forward to seeing you on Wednesday in our Zoom chats or next week in our podcast. We had a great time hanging out with you. See you around. Thank you.